harvested my sour patch kids and freaking sour punch straws. And it was amazing. And then I woke up and was like, I'm a genius. I should win a Nobel Prize for this critical combination. It was so good. So yes, if you're ever looking for um, a delicious treat that will change your life and rot out your teeth. I still right. have cavities that are unattended to because last time I went to the dentist, they were like, what? <laughs> we saw you six months ago. How do you have this many freaking cavities? I feel fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now Right now Yes! So, welcome to Mental Health Moment. I am Emily. I'm Laura. And we are back for round two. Oh, yeah. Yes. What did we decide we were talking about? <laughs> I can't remember. Well, we <laughs> thought we'd just really start to emphasize kind of some different mental health stuff going on. Mm. So if you possibly are dealing with it, uh-huh. then you'll know. It's true. And then we will also talk about what's worked for Lara or me in mm-hmm. our personal lives. Yes. And then what I see works for other people in my professional circle. Yes. So we got to get you guys some skills. Mm-hmm. Because different strokes, different folks. Right? right? And everyone needs skills. Everyone needs skills. And if we talk enough about, like, the, I mean, there's some basic things that are true for everybody with these certain conditions, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we can help people figure out if they have that. Which one should we start with, then? I say, you know, I think the most prevalent <laughs> one that I see in my office and one that I deal with and uh, most members of my family deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just talk about some anxiety. Yeah. Because <clears throat> anxiety is yeah. trifling condition. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anxiety. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you have anxiety? Laura, for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you know? So uh, previously mentioned the dog meme, mm-hmm. looking as if it's on with it in a room full of fire. Um, also, for me, biggest thing, I can't sleep, still can't sleep, but I sleep a little better. So, baby steps. Check it. Yeah, check out therapy, making some progress, slowly but surely, smooth year worth of effort, making, <laughs> can maybe sleep. I've never slept, though. I've, like, my earliest memories are me not sleeping, waiting for sleep, hearing my parents finally surrender, go to bed, and just be laying there like, oh... My sister is snoring, I have all these cute child accoutrements in my room, and I'm just not even a little tired, and just waiting for sleep. Um, So anxiety for me is the (laughs) ever-present feeling of like being simultaneously exhausted Uh and wound up, and it's sort of... That is such an accurate description, and I don't know if I've ever heard that description Mm -hmm. before, but that is so... Fitting. Yes. Like being exhausted but so wound up at the same time. Oh man. And just yeah. like, love a moment of just like, wouldn't it be cool if I didn't feel this way? And and there's precious few moments in my life that I can look back on and be like, you aren't stressed right now. Like, I mean, that peace that apparently people some people have a lot, <laughs> I don't feel very often. Um, I do know that that does overlap 
that particular description of anxiety does overlap a lot with people with ADD. So that's, that's something to be aware of that. I definitely have that. So like, if that feels like you, and maybe you've got some other things that could be also not sleeping in general has to do with ADD, but more general anxiety stuff. Um, I get little hits of anxiety all the time due to my job feels like the blood's draining out of your hands and feet and um, your heart starts racing and you feel kind of like a cold panic, like as if someone, you know, cracked an egg of fear over <laughs> your head, just upside, right upside your head. And you can feel that disgusting yolk trickle yeah, yeah. down your body um, as the blood leaves your extremities and you maybe get a little shaky and, um, uh, yeah. just to interrupt this, cause this is my little ADD moment is I just have envisioned this egg of fear mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to make that like our mascot right, like, or like make a t-shirt. Egg of fear. Like here's our logo. Happy fear times. Here's your, like you can have it scrambled or over easy, but you can right. have it. Like it's going to be part of your life. Like the egg of fear. It's happening. Yeah, the egg of fear. Uh, just so upside your head. Right. And like that feeling of, oh, am I dying? Is this the icy cold hands of death around my throat? Oh no, that's just anxiety. <laughs> right. Oh snap! I'm not dying, just afraid. Oh cool! Yes, this is awesome. And I think just you know something important to differentiate mm-hmm. is the difference between anxiety and panic. True. They very often go together. Mm-hmm. But you can have anxiety without panic. That's true. And I'm definitely describing the beginnings of a panic attack, which really does feel like you are dying. That is right. that's what that is, right? And a lot of people describe that as mm-hmm. dying. You know, one of the <clears throat> questions I ask people to decipher if they are dealing with panic attacks is, do you have moments where you feel you are dying? Yeah, that's where crazy. You, or you feel like you're going crazy <laughs> because oh. people like... Like the world kind of spins, they start breathing hard, they feel like they can't breathe very well. It feels like a giant fat man is sitting on your chest. Like Santa just got a perverse, you know, idea and decided, now's the time I'm going to pop down right on your chest and you can't breathe. So that heavy chest feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've never had a panic attack before and you are experiencing some of these symptoms, please make sure it's not a health condition. Right. Before just assuming that it's a panic attack. attack. It's better to be wrong about thinking Mm -hmm. you're having a heart attack and then getting medical treatment and then finding out you don't have a heart attack than thinking it's a panic attack when you're really having a heart attack and dying. Right. You know. Difference, you know, Uh big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing about a panic attack is it will go away usually within 10 minutes. Yeah. So if after 10 minutes you kind of simmer down and Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I'm breathing. I don't feel like somebody's sitting on me. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm choking. I feel like I can like think again. That's good. That's probably probably a panic attack. Uh huh. Mm Yeah. So now this more generalized anxiety thing, uh, mm. again, happens a lot with panic. So, yeah. but this anxiety piece is feeling worried a lot. A lot. Yeah. And doesn't it kind of coincide for me with being a little bit of a perfectionist? Because I'll be like, oh, if I don't do this, catastrophe. Like, and it's like, no, if you don't do everything perfectly, the world isn't going to fall apart. 
we're all going to live, actually. Yeah. And also, you don't have control over half the things you think you have, a, you know, control over. So your worrying is fruitless. But that, I mean, I'm I'm making light of it, but it's actually pretty real. You really <laughs> do think that you have to do certain things, or you know, catastrophe will happen. And isn't it called catastrophizing? Yeah. Yeah. So there is that thinking <laughs> error, you know, and yeah. that that cognitive distortion that you do try to make everything into a cat catastrophe like oh if i don't do this the world will end right or to some extent right yeah it's a logical conclusion mm-hmm. and that's kind of how you know that you're very anxious is when you start thinking something insane is the result when you like you kind of know better like part of you because you aren't actually crazy you just have anxiety you're mm-hmm. not actually insane so part of you like knows that you're being irrational but you can't actually stop the the very real fear that goes along with it, where you really do believe, oh, I haven't heard from my husband, who was present and laughing at me. Um, in a He's dead in a ditch. He's dead in a ditch, for sure. Um, and it's like, okay, but like realistically, probably not. He probably just like is away from his phone and it's just snowing out. And so you think like he's going to crash in a ditch and die because his car is a piece of crap and we need to replace it. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Side note. <laughs> Side note. Uh-huh. Side note. Uh, yeah, that's kind of. So that could be yeah. something, you know, if you find yourself kind of thinking of worst case scenarios. Oh, so, yeah. mm-hmm. so your kiddos come home late or, mm-hmm. and you know, or maybe they don't answer their phone when they, you call them and you all of a sudden are just like, okay, they've been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I will be expecting a ransom letter. Uh-huh. And if I don't hear from them in 24 hours, I'm planning a funeral. Right. Yeah. Those could indicate yeah. that you have some anxiety. Yeah. And uh-huh. does it kind of, um, cause like, okay, so anxiety is a really big thing that has yeah. a lot of little sub caveats in it. Stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, for me, another thing is I don't have... I describe it as hypochondria by proxy. I don't think that I'm dying per se, but I see small things that's very similar. Like I'll see, oh, someone someone has a rash who I care about. They certainly have the plague and they're going to die. And that's like a little, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what else is something that's very anxiety fueled? Uh, If you beat yourself up a lot, is that something that's kind of like anxiety I think that can be anxiety, but it also can be, I mean, it can play into that perfectionistic Mm -hmm. stuff, uh, which is kind of that level of anxiety, like this other category of anxiety where we're looking at kind of obsessions and compulsions. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, because obsessions and compulsions are definitely part of that anxiety family. I'm just so excited that um, I have all of these things. Like, we're just coming up with, like, all these fun words that describe me. I'm just, no, I'm teasing, but I'm like, Look how many things I have in the broad category of anxiety. Yeah. But no, really, mm-hmm. you're saying that this is like yeah, so one of a more specific thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if if there's kind of this obsession with having to do things right and do things perfect or mm-hmm. or the world will end or lesser catastrophes are right. happening. I mean, you know, we may look in that, that family, that anxiety family, but also look into that kind of area of obsessive compulsive disorder mm-hmm. yes and obsessive compulsive disorder it doesn't mean that you wash your hands a million times i mean it certainly can be that yeah but there's so many other things that could signify or mean that you you are dealing with that disorder crap okay so, can you tell me a few because i'm just curious about well like <laughs> so um counting yeah you know or you have to go like 
you have to follow your routine and if something messes up your routine you have to start your routine all, all over, over again okay. um thinking that you've maybe left the stove on after you've checked it five or six times so oh you leave your house not being able to submit your brief that's due that day because oh. you've already freaking reviewed it 18 times but you're confident that there's some critical error that if you file it you're going to be sued for malpractice that that could be could possibly be yeah. An yeah so i mean there's definitely all these um all these things that can fit under the anxiety umbrella yeah so if you've been described as high strung <laughs> You may have anxiety. Right. If you've been told to cool down, chill regularly, or take a chill pill, you may have anxiety. Or you might uh -huh. just be, I mean, I see what you're saying, though. It's like, or if you are super worried all the time about everything, yeah, that's you what, may have anxiety. That's more, like, that's what it is, right? At the core of it, it's this, like, pervasive fear of something or worry, uh -huh. concern, right? Yeah. Okay, so... It's just time. worrying all the time. And and feeling like you can't control that worry. Like, it's... Um, so, personal, no. Mm -hmm. You know, so I definitely deal with anxiety. Um, and part of my anxiety, I just... I worry about the worst case stuff all the time. And so yeah. anytime I'm faced in my life with like a difficult situation, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I go into this yeah. spiral, this anxiety spiral yes. of trying Sorry. to like, of just like, oh, well this will happen. And what if this happens? And what if this, what, what, what if, what if, what if, what if? Mm -hmm. And my it's poor husband, bless his heart. He no. just has to be like, buddy, like. That's not even plausible. Right. That it can't happen most of the time. But to be fair, part of it is because there are very real difficult things. Like, we'll just keep it vague. Just even being a therapist, your clients sometimes, I'm sure, are in situations that give you heart palpitations. Because right. they're, you know, especially when you... People go through like, scary stuff. Very much so. Um, so, like, some of it, it's not saying, like, oh, this is, like, this funny, cutesy, crazy thing that, like, ha, 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 people do, and it's funny. Some of it can be rooted in reality. Mm -hmm. Some of it can be true, like, because there sure. are true things in your life that are difficult. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's that thinking, it's almost like your brain thinks if it worries enough about something that it can prevent the bad thing from happening. Right, or, or make it better or fix yeah, it somehow. you'll be okay with Which, it. Which, yeah. that, and, and I think that, that's where the misstep and that's where the mess up happens. Is right. it's because it's, you know, worrying about something is not going to make it Fix better. It? No. Yeah. And it actually took my daughter's therapist, um, sitting in session with my daughter one time and, and my daughter, she has a lot of anxiety and, and, uh, she was just like, well, what if this happens? And the therapist just said, let's stop. What if it doesn't? And what are the chances that it would happen? Hey. And so just by using some cognitive challenging techniques, mm -hmm. by looking at the situation and saying, what are the chances that right. that could happen? Most of our anxieties and fears and worries mm -hmm. really is like slim to none chance. Right. You and, know? and that's part of why they inspire such fear within us is because mm -hmm. they're the worst things of life that don't occur on a regular basis unless your life is a freaking Dickens novel and mm -hmm. just it's just prostitution and orphans everywhere and just like right. so many. And, like and starvation. And starvation. And, right. Like that's not really how... Most people's lives, thankfully, again, you know, because we live in a very safe part of the country and things are going okay for at least us at this exact moment, which we acknowledge is very lucky. But the yeah. odds of really some of these catastrophes happening, pretty low. 
pretty freaking low. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, even with that scenario, which I use a lot is that whole, okay, I haven't talked to my husband for a few, I don't know, half a day mm-hmm. and I can't get a hold of him. So my immediate anxious brain is like, he is dead in a ditch. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. And let's plan the funeral. I'll make sure that I increase my hours at work so I can pay the mortgage. You go through the logistics. You know, you go through that uh-huh. the logistics. But that's my anxious brain talking. Right. And so then when we use some cognitive challenging skills on, okay, how accurate is that thought? Right. Or what is the chance that he is laying dead in a ditch completely right. like... I mean, he's probably at work, and for some reason, he's unavailable to touch his phone. Like, you just have to do... It's a probabilities thing. Like, he's in a meeting. Right. Could be just working. (laughs) I hear people do that at work. It's so weird. Like, it happens. Hmm. Um, So, you're very much CBT. That's one of my modalities. But I've also started to kind of go into some more sensory modalities, which I'm finding have been super helpful. I find those real helpful too. So yeah, go into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, there's definitely has to be that realization of like, you do have to do that cognitive challenging. You know, you do have to challenge your thoughts and be like, dude, these thoughts, mm -mm, they're not serving me right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sometimes when we have such anxious brains, our brains, you know, these neural pathways get created in our brains that are just like, Bam. Like, I've been nervous and worried so long that my neural pathway is just like, I go nervous. Right. And this is my thing. What do you mean there's um, other choices? Right. right. There's no other options. Right. Dead in a ditch. Right. Maybe that's what we should call this episode. Dead in a ditch. <laughs> Dead in a ditch. You know, brought to you by Emily and Laura. Right. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and a happy new year. And a happy new year. <laughs> right. Yeah. But what... Uh, all this research is coming out about the brain and about like the power of mindfulness and mind body connection. I mean, there's such cool stuff in just changing your body's position. What can reduce your anxiety? Shut up. How for real, (laughs) right? Tell me about this. So, so if we think about how we sit or how we act when we are anxious, we imagine ourselves very curled up with like, so we're hunched down. Usually our arms are crossed or Mm -hmm. closed in and that is preventing us from taking deep breaths. Oh my gosh. This and is so, yeah. right. so, so one of the things that I do with my clients, um, is we really, even before we talk about the cognitive challenging piece, mm-hmm. we work on body positioning because if we can teach ourselves how to relax in our own bodies, mm-hmm. anxiety goes down dramatically. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. That actually makes a lot of sense. Cause if you think about when you have a really stressful day at work, you hunch up your shoulders and like, uh-huh. I have, I just get terrible posture. Like I'm a hunchback. Like I'm, I'm just growing that hunchback of, you know, yeah. I'm so hunched over. And I like, I feel like my body is reacting. Like I've been impaled and I'm trying to contain the blood. Like yes. I, I bend over and I just like, I'm like, Oh gosh, we're dying. Um, no, it's just, you know, anxiety. And that's really interesting. Cause I just started trying yoga, which mm-hmm. is Real awesome. funny. It's super awesome. I'm so uncoordinated that it takes all my focus. Yeah. Which is great. Great mindfulness. Yes. Because then I can't be distracted and like crazy because I'm so busy. Like, okay, now like put your foot, <laughs> like stretch. <laughs> like, uh-huh. You got to do this. 
Um, so it's actually super helpful that way because it makes my body like straighten out and it's always telling you, you know, you always have to do the breathing thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, breathing and you, is critical. You, yeah. You have to like have good posture and sit up straight and breathe. <laughs> you know, it's crazy that that's a thing that if you do that first, it can make your brain calm down. Uh huh. Yeah. Because what happens with our anxiety, you know, it, it triggers this chemical response in our brain that Mm -hmm. we kind of, that our logic part of our brain really shuts down. Yeah. Like our logic can't function. So when we're really anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, if people talk to you when you're really anxious and you're like, I don't know what you're saying. I can't like, does not compute, does not compute. It's because it literally is not computing because your logic brain cortex is shut down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, I can't, I gotta, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm in survival mode, I'm in primal brain right now, so I'm just gonna like freak out! Okay, yeah. And so if you can practice when you're calm enough, all these body positioning techniques, Mm -hmm. then as you get anxious, you'll naturally start to go into them more. Yes. So, sitting... Like, for example, and I know you guys can't see us, but but if you interlock your fingers and put your hands behind your head, Mm kind of like you're, like, watching football, like a lazy person. Mm -hmm. Yep, we're both doing it. Mm -hmm. And then where your head and neck meet, you're going to put, just press your thumbs on either side of your spine, just gently. And so what happens is you're forcing yourself to breathe deeper. (sighs) And by pressing in right there, it releases a little bit of that nerve that kind of gets you into survival mode and primal brain. Mm -hmm. And it forces your body to relax. I love you so much right now. I'm so excited. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do this like a thousand times at work? Because I'm already doing the silly, I learned the thing in yoga where you like... You like breathe out of one nostril at a time. Yes. It's dead ass. That's true. Like, and so you, um, and I, that's so stupid. You look so dumb doing it, but it's fine. Cause you're in your house by yourself or you're like, you're in your office and the door's closed. And so it's fine. Right. Or you're in the bathroom stall. It's there cool. you go. There you go. Always case of emergency, go to bathroom the bathroom stall. To, <laughs> to like cry, get it out, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, that's why God invented bathroom stalls. Yeah, and also basic. Just don't sit on the floor because that's just don't. That's super nasty. Um, but you can do your embarrassing like nose thing, or you can do your weird neck thing. Actually, that's not even that weird. It does just look like you're stretching. Yeah. So if you want to just stretch out, so that's one really good one to kind of just kick down your anxiety. Um, another one is you can stand up and put your hands on your hips and stand. It almost looks like you're standing like a Superman pose. Mm -hmm. Um, that one again forces the chest to open up and it allows you to just breathe, (laughs) which will chill that anxiety out. Dang. Okay. So there's a couple things that I want to like circle back with. Cause I, yeah, yeah. it's funny cause we're talking about anxiety, but there's also this other thing of like, I'm a very excitable person. <laughs> because <laughs> I really like things and I really like to learn things. And so like, that's not bad, like getting excited, but it does make my brain go super ADD. And I'm like, Oh, we have to talk about all these things now before I forget. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. So for most people, the part where you say it's also really good to like challenge your thoughts that requires being like aware of your mm-hmm. thoughts. Like you have to be willing, this is what my therapist is always trying to get me to do, to like pay attention to your thoughts as like they float through your brain and you're also not supposed to judge them. Uh-huh. Cause again, super perfectionisty. So when I see myself, I could do the part where like I challenge the thought where I'm like, 
That's irrational. Like, Sean's probably not dead. Like, he's right. probably just busy <laughs> working. Um, as people do. As people do. Um, occasionally. Occasionally. And uh, I can do that part where I'm like, okay, he's probably not dead. But then I'm like, oh, you stupid idiot. You dummy. Like, why do you? <laughs> You're a smart person. Stop being so stupid. Um, mm. So and that like, insta judge. Yeah, that's not like super helpful because that, you know, that's not, that's not acceptance or like, that's not calming. Right. That just makes it, that's just a new way of being anxious. Rather than being anxious about the first thing, you feel anxious or guilty or something. You feel, you feel a certain kind of way that's negative about the fact that you had that thought to begin with. So like, it's really important to focus on the second part of like, yeah, you're not, you're going to be aware, you're going to challenge, and then you're not going to be a jerk to yourself. Right. Like it would be really, it's just better. And again, it's not being, you're not being selfish you're uh, realizing that you're not really useful or as useful as you want to be when you're busy, like, harping on yourself all the time. Right. It's just really not productive. It's really counterproductive. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And it wastes a lot of energy. It really does. Mm-hmm. And so it's better if you can just, like, you know, not judge yourself. And then if you, you can do the physical calming down things in that moment, too, because you're, you're being really aware and you're, like, paying attention to your body mm-hmm. and how it feels. Yeah. yeah. And... Along with that, so I was listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it was, but they were talking about how different you would approach yourself if you looked at your behaviors instead of through a lens of judgment, mm-hmm. as through a lens of curiosity. Yes, totally. That's like the whole mindfulness game, right? Right. You're so curious. if it's just like, yeah. huh. I'm having that. Okay. And so instead of being like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why am I so dumb? Right. Yeah. Instead of like that negative self-talk, just going, okay, so I... I, Anthropologist. Like, look at that weird, Uh you know, or like, look at that behavior. Isn't that interesting? Right. Wow. I'm thinking that my husband's dead. Huh. In a ditch. Wow. That seems, given the circumstances, that's kind of unusual. Or just, you right. just kind of look at it and you're like, yeah, I, I've heard that, that too. That judgment That non-judgmental part is really... Yeah. Critical. Mindfulness. Mindfulness. What's up? Except for I hate it. Because so <laughs> guess what? It's also like terribly boring. Like to... Cause it can you're be. Supposed, it can be because you're supposed to like do this bit where... Oh, and this is like an ADD person's worst nightmare. To practice mindfulness so you can have the skill so you can do that carve out the new neural pathways in your brain uh-huh. so you don't just automatically do whatever it is that you've been doing your whole life. Yes. You're you supposed have. to like meditate and like just watch your thoughts float through your head and then not judge them. And I get bored of that in like, oh, 10 seconds. If that, uh-huh. like it would be, you know, but it's actually, I joke, but it's, um, that's why yoga is helpful <laughs> because yes. it first, it first calms me enough that I can actually meditate. So as dumb as it sounds, First, I'll do yoga, yes, and then I'll meditate because I can only do it in that order. Which is so yes. fantastic that you found that system, and and I think that you bring up a really, really good point. Is you know, different people are going to need different things. Yeah. So if you're in a place where you know whether you have ADD or you just are not able to sit with your thoughts, there's other ways to be mindful. There's right. yoga. There's guided imagery exercises. Oh there's just breathing exercise, mm-hmm. like active, engaging things. Um, running for people that Ooh. that helps them. Yes. Hiking. I mean, so when people are like, "Oh, be mindful," and you need to meditate. Well, I mean, that's not always. Um, 
a cure-all for every freaking right. person. So yeah. there's options. And how great that there are so many options. Yes. How fantastic. You have to kind of like toy with it. You don't just dismiss the whole concept, though, because the way perhaps that it was initially presented to you didn't seem like a great fit. Uh-huh. Because the concept is probably still worth looking into because it's yes. like it's like at the root of buddhism and all these things that have been around a really long time mm-hmm. for a reason like yeah. they actually i listened to something that said the people in nepal that are you know have to deal with a lot of really intense earthquakes and lose a lot of their belongings and lose life like their lives and their, their well they don't lose them because then they wouldn't do this but their family oh. members mm-hmm. pass away um they have to do mindfulness because otherwise <laughs> their lives would just be too much a lot of times. And that's why Mm -hmm. Buddhism and certain things are really strong in those parts of the the world where there's a lot of disasters or there's a lot of challenges with the climate or the altitude. And I kind of thought, oh, that that makes sense that this uh, learning to be calm and present and appreciate what you have in the moment Mm -hmm. is... It's powerful. It's a thing and it's been around a long time. And, And practicing mindfulness in whatever way is effective for you, whether it be... Mm -hmm yoga or guided imagery or sitting with your thoughts or exercising, you know, any of those. I mean, the, just the practice of allowing yourself to be right is so powerful in itself. Right. And, and it's such a good place to where you can deal with that anxiety and learn how to calm your body down. So you don't have to feel so anxious all the time. Um, but I think we definitely need to spend maybe another episode, um, Yes. Definitely just looking at like meditation mindfulness stuff. Yes. I think and talk more about big... the body. Cause you were, yeah. you, I know you've got a lot of stuff about like, okay, so when you feel this start to happen, this uh-huh. and that and the third, and you can explain a little bit more about that mind body connection. Yeah. Cause it's also super confusing. Like right. it's really hard to wrap your head around, even if you're a super smart person, yeah. perhaps. Well, and yeah. I think also, you know, like therapy is evolving. I think yeah. it's in this evolutionary stage right now. You know, there's there's so there has been so much focus on talk therapy, yeah. which you know I still do a ton of. Right. Um, but all this stuff is coming out, and all this research and all these modalities are coming out where you really incorporate your body into therapy with mm-hmm. different body positioning or what have you. And we're seeing so many people have such positive effects oh from it. You have to talk about your so, energy work next time. And also, yeah. <laughs> the kin... What is the name? What is it called? Kin- Kinesiologist. <laughs> so we got, yes. we got stuff for future episodes. And yeah. so, should we just call it good for today? Yeah, we'll, and we'll wrap it up for now. Yeah, so stay tuned for next week. And make sure to just check us out on Facebook, Mental Health Moment. Uh, or the website forthcoming forthcoming yeah yeah my <laughs> super amazing husband set that up um on there you can read my bio and we will get lara's bio on there oh as well uh, yes it's okay. happening <laughs> all right yep and uh you can also uh figure out if you are interested in pursuing therapy um maybe with me or one of my colleagues you can definitely look on my webpage and find contact information for that so we love resources anyway let's call it a day and uh we'll see you next week i feel fantastic and i never felt as good as how i do right now except for maybe when i think about i felt that day when i felt the way that i do right now right now i feel fantastic
plastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now, right now